Hello, and welcome to episode nine of the Friends and Experts podcast, where I speak to some friends and some experts, and sometimes both. First, thank you to our supporters. Thank you for joining this podcast journey with us. To support the Friends and Experts podcast, please visit anchor.fm slash friends and experts and click the support this podcast button. Today's guest is a friend. Frank Smith III is a master of all trades. He's a very busy wedding and event DJ in Indianapolis, Indiana. He's also author of the book, Confessions of a Karaoke Singer, The Showtimes of a Local Entertainer. Welcome to the show, Frank. Thank you for having me, sir. Thank you so very much. I appreciate it. No problem at all. No problem at all. Your, your moniker is the original No Warrior. That is correct, sir. That stands for Karaoke Ninja Outlaw Warrior. All right. All right. In the book that you just mentioned, um, Confessions of a Karaoke Singer, and I was joking at the time. I was mm-hmm. seriously joking around because I was so happy I finished the book, my very first book. Um, if I had to form a super team like the Justice League or the Avengers of karaoke singers to save the world, what would I call that group of individuals? And I played around with a lot of stuff. Like I used the word Jedi and I knew I couldn't use it, but I was like, okay, that's, I can't use that. But let me see. A ninja is a universally used word and outlaws universally used word. And a warrior is a universally used word karaoke ninja and it came out to be an actual word the no the word no mm-hmm. i was like wait the no word that is that rolled off the tongue pretty good and my ultimate test is when my wife likes it so i went up there and i said how's this karaoke ninja outlaw word the no word she said yeah that's pretty cool to me that is like winning the grammy if, if my wife if my wife likes it <laughs> so that's how it that's how it became and i'm the original since i made it up that's that's the only title that I, I I will hold on to. I made it up, so that makes me the original. I'm just not the only, okay? Like I'm sure there are thousands of karaoke singers in Ohio with you who can rock the mic on on karaoke night. Mm-hmm. So you know, and I believe most karaoke singers have the qualities to at least have some of that no warrior in them, ninja like skills and outlaws attitude of the warriors warriors courage. That's mm-hmm. that's that's how that's all how all that became came together. One of the things I, I just wanted to point out to the audience as well. I, I went through the intro pretty quick with you. You and I are both veterans, and we had served in the United States Navy on the same at, ship. On the same <laughs> ship, the USS Arthur W. Radford DD nine six eight. So yep. we have that shipmate bond, and it's been it's been a while since we had had spoken, and uh, yeah, just. Just when we started this conversation, we just kind of jumped right into it, and and it's like time never ceased to exist. So, right, so, right. It was just so, like- yeah. So the reason why I want you on this show, as I knew you as ship as a shipmate, you had the entertaining gene. You 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 were you were born and entertained. You. You were the the guy that was the first on the dance floor when when the song came out, you know, when when the, when the, when the, when the jam came out. So yes, you know, um, being that person who who's an entertainer, who loves to, you know, make people smile. You know, you always got along with everyone. And when we reconnected once again, you know, you were doing 
you were a disc jockey, you're a DJ. Experience in karaoke, that's for me, I thought to I thought to myself, that's that's who I thought Frank is. That's who that's who the Frank I know. And I'm glad he usually he's utilizing those talents. Right. Into a business model. And he's he's giving he's doing what he loves. And it's it's a revenue stream for him. So yes. I I just want you to explain to me and the people listening just kind of how you kind of got into that karaoke space. It was March 1st, 2001. There was a nightclub in uh, Indianapolis, Indiana called World Mardi Gras. Okay. okay. It was four clubs in one on the fourth floor at Circle Center Mall. $5 to get in and you got four different clubs to hang out in. Well, I was one of the dancers, you know, from my previous Navy days. So it was mm-hmm. it was an easy transition to get paid to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, all I had to do was clock in. And I was going to be doing the same stuff I was doing back in the Navy. Okay. Okay. So uh, anyway, we knew we were all getting laid off soon, and you know, we we had a we had a practice on Wednesday. By Sunday, we hated each other. You know, <laughs> <laughs> until until the next Wednesday, we back to practice, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we would party. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we would be at work. Part that was our job. <laughs> to party so okay. anyway um one day i started doing that back in november of 2000 so i've been a i've been doing this for uh, november december january i was i was basically i was a dancer for like five months basically okay and, uh four months uh so we knew we were all getting laid off so we all decided to get away from downtown we just needed a break you know as we contemplated our lives basically Mm-hmm. So we headed to this bar called uh, Birdie's on 71st and Keystone in Indianapolis. And I'm sitting there about to get a divorce, miserable, about to lose my job in a town I don't know anything about. I don't smoke. I don't drink. And I'm the oldest person there. I'm 29. Okay. I'm the <laughs> oldest. <laughs> and so while I'm sitting there, and this is one of those oh, moments, you know, mm-hmm. um, there's this big black book right in front of me and I'm bored. I have nothing else going on. I open the book and I see a bunch of listings of songs. I was like, okay, what is this all about? And I noticed the pattern, you know, they were in alphabetical order, alphabetical order. And um, I saw an artist's name. I saw the artist's name like six times and and six or seven songs from that artist. Mm-hmm. So I figured out, okay, this is a song book. I'm still not getting it yet. I don't know how it was, but I believe I turned around or somebody mentioned it. And I remember saying, karaoke night? What's karaoke? Had never heard of it before. Never heard of it before. The girls, of us, of us dancers, it was five girls, three guys. The girls all got up and did a song. So I saw it for first, you know, uh, firsthand. As a matter of fact, I found that picture last night. Uh, of them singing. That was the beginning. That was the night it happened for me. I took a picture of them and then I was up next. I get up and um, because I figured, you know, we were dancers, we were performers. How hard can this be? You know, this ain't four hours of aerobics like we did at the dance for dancing. They paid us a hundred bucks a night, by the way. That was the best job I ever had. Yeah. That, even to this day, you pay me a hundred dollars a night to, to lose weight. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sure. So I get up there and I tell the guy what song I want to do. I hand him a sleep. I wrote it on a piece of paper, the song request sheet. My girl, The Temptations. Everybody knows that song. And, you know, that's one of the songs you you'll hear the melody somewhere and you'll sing along. It's it's one of those classic songs that you can't help but know or sing along with. It's just a a, a great groove to to listen to. 
So I got up there and I did uh, My Girl about Temptations. I found out that day, when you do karaoke, they clap for you. So I was like, okay, I have no idea if I was good or bad, but they clapped for me. So I saw a new audience because I was, I had my, my mind has always been audience. My dancing days in the Navy to getting paid to working at Mardi Gras. This is just a transition, a, a, a lateral move. And right around that same time, there was a, um, a magazine in Indianapolis called Intake. So I took a Saturday one day and took one Saturday and I looked through all the listings of karaoke bars because I heard that they do competitions. And by this time, okay, I might've been singing now for like two or three years. I've, I've, I'm very comfortable at karaoke now. I found how much fun it was. I'm meeting people that I would have never met anywhere else from all different walks of life. We all have that commonality. We are karaoke singers. I mean, just some of these people could, are doctors, EMTs, nurses, police officers, but we all do karaoke. You know, So I kind of like that, that feeling of, it doesn't matter where you came from, can you rock the mic? You know, um, do you enjoy this? Anyway, um, in that intake magazine, I found that there were about, well, there was a karaoke competition every night of the week in Indianapolis for almost two years. If I had enough gas money and I can get to these venues, I was out looking for karaoke competitions because at the time I was paying child support and all my money was going elsewhere instead of to me. I needed extra money. So it became, a friend of mine told me, it became a second job for me to go win competitions. And I won a lot. I lost a lot, but I won a lot. And I started getting a reputation without even knowing it because I remember on more than one occasion, I would walk into a bar or venue and they would say, oh, they go Frank. <laughs> you know, I was like, hey, y'all, um, no, just, just saying, just have fun. I, mean, I, don't, I had no idea why they were saying they go Frank, like they didn't like me. I guess to some, I was intimidating. Like, no, I'm just here to sing my song. That went on for a few years to where I got better and better and more well-known. And I started watching the KJs, the, the, the karaoke jockeys. Um, I started watching what they do, the equipment they were using. And I realized, okay, yeah, maybe I should get into this to learn more about this stuff. You know, so I wanted to be um, well-versed in karaoke. You know, well, I mean, I wrote a book about it, so yeah, I know a few things. <laughs> With the DJ and stuff, now let's now keep. I'm still doing karaoke. Fast forward to uh, 2005. I'm working security at uh, BMG Music. Remember old Columbia House? BMG. Yes. BMG, okay. Um, I'm working there for about a year, and in the back they had a store for employees. So in the years time that I was there, I collected 800 CDs. From all from a variety of sources, a variety of um, artists, I'm learning about karaoke and karaoke discs. I'm collecting those two slowly, but I'm getting more music than karaoke. And I realize, okay, you got all the music you can possibly deal with. You might as well become a DJ because I needed some extra cash. I love being out there. So in 2006, I got an LLC, mm -hmm. and I had to learn the business. And that's an ongoing thing, but I've been doing it now for 13 years. So I pretty much got it. I got it. I got it down pretty well to where it works for me. You're doing what you love. And as you said, you got your LLC, you got into the business of it. Right. When you went into that mind frame, what were some of the things that were surprising to you 
I mean, did you did you think to yourself, okay, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a business owner, I need to do this, that, and the third, or did you go in? I'm doing what I love, and I'm making money, and just kind of free willing it. I mean, was there a process? The most surprising thing was how inexpensive it is to get an LLC. <laughs> okay, that was the most surprising thing. It was ninety dollars in a day and a half work wait time. Okay, I, oh, actually, a, 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 yeah, probably a day and a half wait time. $90. And I got an LLC. I was like, okay, now what? Well, tell everybody about it. You know, cause I wanted to, I was, as I was thinking uh, my budding business mind, um, I knew I might need business. I said, might need business cards. Cause I still hadn't like, what am I going to put on it? You know, I don't even know. I don't have a logo. I don't have a picture. I don't have a, a catchphrase. We'll get to that in a minute. Cause I came up with a lot, <laughs> but, um, you know, this is still the, the, the beginning stages of this. But I found now something else that was surprising was I found how hard it was at the time to ask people for money for, for, for services. One of my first gigs, I was nervous about asking for $300. And I was going to give them way more than $300 worth of service. You know, right. I was still using CDs to it. But see, I had to rent equipment at the time. So I'm actually losing money. I'm losing. I'm lo I know what to get, but I'm losing money, and I got to go pick up the stuff. And I hope it works right. And then I got to change this CD out to this CD and to this CD and to this CD until I realize. And, and you know, I used to get all my gear from uh, pawn shops as well. I would always go to pawn shops. I would see what I wanted, but I couldn't afford it. So I need to go ahead and make do this party by renting to make some extra money to eventually afford the gear. And I went through a lot of uh, gear changes. That was surprising. I did stuff I thought would be great was not great until I finally landed on what I current stuff I have now. It works well for me. So, uh, yeah, it would be the LLC and the gear and uh, just figuring out what works best because everybody runs their business different. I mean, we all have some sort of common thing, but uh, we all have our own different way of doing things, getting to the to, to the objective, to the goal. You know, there's an important point that you made, and I think it falls under the category of mindset when you were saying, how do I ask people for money? Oh, yes. I think, I think my opinion, I think my opinion of it, just when it comes to having a business that provides services such, right. such as yours, I, I think it, it, it's the mindset of instead of thinking, I need to ask you for money. It's how can I provide value? Did you kind of get that switch? Not in the beginning. No, mm -hmm. no. And then, but, and then, but the see the switch did happen. Mm -hmm. uh, years later when I realized, cause I, you know, I, I've already been established. I got, I've had, I got some years under my belt now. Right. When I realized I need them to pay my bills. Okay. That's how I looked at it. I need to charge enough to pay this bill over here, to pay this bill over here. So mm -hmm. now it became, it was, I was thinking different now. It's not so much I'm not trying to give you a discount. Right. I got enough experience and equipment and personality that you're going to want to pay me what I'm asking for. That came with confidence. You know, through, I've, I've had my baptism of fire a few times. Right. I got several t-shirts, you know. <laughs> of success and failure and what in the world and did that really happen but i survived it 
and um, I have yet to have a bad review, so I'm happy about that because I think my personality helped with mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I had to go through it to realize if I plan on striving and surviving in this business, I need to make the money. So I went from charging $300 for a wedding to $1,500 as, okay. of, as of this year because, okay. I live in, because I live in Indy. Now, keep in mind, if I was living in uh, L.A., I probably wouldn't get hired because they would think I'd be charging too little. Then I discovered uh, the power of YouTube. Power? Oh, my goodness. I'm still discovering the power of YouTube. But <laughs> if YouTube is a website because it is a website and Facebook is a website, and Instagram is a website, and Twitter is a web. That's four websites. Why would I need to buy one or get one made when I can put every, everything that I'm going to put on my personal website is already on these things? Mm-hmm. You know? So I'm like, I, there, there it is. Using social media like you're using it and providing the service that that you do, you you're saying what you need to be what you're saying what needs to be said through those formats those platforms. So I get what you're saying with, I, that's why I don't necessarily need a website. Right. You know, so I, I think that's a, that's a unique, that's a unique way of going about it. Cause I, I know that some people, they pride themselves on getting the website right? and then they have their social media platforms, but the pitfalls in which you're avoiding is that it's, it's almost a regurgitation. You know, you're saying something on your website, but you're also saying it on your Instagram, your YouTube, right. your Twitter. So I think you eliminating one of those avenues right. in the name of redundancy. I think that's that's where you're going. I mean, is that pretty much what you're saying? Okay. Yes. And, you know, with, uh, okay, so like Facebook and YouTube, you can do longer videos. Mm-hmm. But uh, Instagram and Twitter, you can do shorter videos. So you could tease them with Instagram and Twitter mm-hmm. and say... For the rest of the video, go to YouTube, go to this link, just that whatever. If you wanted to see the rest of whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, when I was doing the weddings, um, I, I I caught myself recording stuff because I would see some amazing dancing or something funny mm-hmm. or whatever. So that became a thing I used to do. That's how I advertise too. I uh, give you video clips and pictures, and I would post those video clips to YouTube. But I try to keep those now to a minute or less because it's easier to post to Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. But if, 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 if whatever's happening takes 10 minutes and mm-hmm. I record all of that, that's going to YouTube, you know? Yeah, yeah that, that was, I think that's the way people such as yourself who provide entertainment services. Mm-hmm. I have a photographer that my wife and I use for our son's first birthday. Okay. And, and her only way of communication was her Facebook page. And my wife doesn't have Facebook, so you got a smart just... wife. <laughs> Thank smart you. Wife. <laughs> but but I was just communicating with her through Facebook, through through my wife. My wife would tell me what to say, and I would say it to her through Facebook. And I thought at, at the time I thought that was weird because to me, I'm thinking you have a business, you have to have a website, and then you have your social media. I'm seeing people such as yourself. And other people who are providing services, they're just eliminating the website and right. going to, you know, their Facebook because that's where people are at. As you were saying, you know, that's I, I would think people will even just think the Facebook and Twitter and Instagram as just basic apps on their phone. I don't even think they think of it as websites. Right. Maybe, you, maybe YouTube as a website, but it's it's almost as a virtual 
business card. Right. Uh, I, to give you a story, Frank, yesterday, I, I was actually in a business meeting and I was talking to some folks. I was talking to some manufacturers. Okay. And they 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 were just handing out business cards, but they were handing those things out like, I'm so glad I get to do this because I haven't done this in so long, you know, handing out a business card okay. because that's almost becoming a lost art. Because why would you need a business card when you can just go on someone's Facebook page and get that same information and right. more? Right. So, so I, I think, yeah, I, I think the, the, the way you're communicating with your customers, the more time goes on, people are going to communicate through Facebook and Instagram and do right. their business that way. I mean, they're already doing it. So right. the way you're moving is, is in the right direction. You know, this kind of leads me to my next question and just going into the many avenues that you're going into. You, you said you've met a lot of people that you probably wouldn't necessarily meet on a regular occasion. And you know, you're that, that moment, the aha moment you were talking about with, you know, you had that black book of karaoke songs to sing. And then you thought I could do, I can do the karaoke thing. And then that morphed into being a DJ where right. you've collected a whole bunch of songs. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, but, um, but it, it's also morphed into just you know the entrepreneurship that that right. you found and 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 harvesting. You've gone into you know the the confessions of a karaoke singer, and also some children's books as well. Uh, uh, could you talk about that? Just kind of how that came about? Yeah. Well, the, the children's books. I woke up one morning. I said the words Dorsey Dimpletoes. I looked at my wife. I was like, "What does that mean?" And she said, "I don't know." So I looked it up on. I googled it. So I'm like, mm -hmm. I know I heard it somewhere. There was nothing. I was like, okay, something ain't right here. Because in my mind, there's nothing new under the sun. You know, so I was like, let me type it a different way. Wait, I, this is in how I spelt it was the way it was. Some big old thing came up. It had the D-O highlighted, the R-E over here, the S-E-Y down here, D-I-M. You know, it, it, it highlighted the letters, but it was mm -hmm. nothing combined. And I still had no idea what it was. Or who it was, if anything. Not a clue. So about two or three weeks later, I decided it's going to be a little girl. And the cutest little girl I knew at the time was my sister. She was a little girl. She was adorable to me. And somebody hooked me up with this guy I met, a guy named Billy Davidson Jr. So I sent Billy a picture of my sister. I said, draw her as a cartoon character. He gave me a few samples, and we got a winner. And uh, I sent it to my sister. She was thrilled to death to know that she's the model for a children's book. <laughs> and um, because I've written Confessions of a Karaoke Singer already, I was like, this is going to be a lot easier. Because mm -hmm. all I got to do is tell a story that I would tell a kid. <laughs> tell a kid something, the eyes get big and ooh and ah, you know, stuff like that. So I just had to come up with a story. Coming up with a story meant I had to use my imagination. So that was the story. Okay. Imagination. All right. You know, with the, the first book, uh, Dorsey, uh, her father brings home a, a, a box. There's a box at home. She wonders what's in the box. The book is called Dorsey Dimpletoes and the Great Big Box. Okay. So her dad said, well, you know, you have to use your imagination until tomorrow. She asked him what imagination is, but she said, what's imagination? She couldn't even say it right. What's imagination? Mm -hmm. And I broke it. I made it real simple for kids. It's when you think of anything, anything at all in, in your head. You can think of anything. Doesn't matter what it is. You're using your imagination. 
Right. And uh, so Dorsey goes to sleep and she didn't know it, but dreams are imagination. Mm -hmm. Okay. So she's dreaming. And in the first dream, she's a bird because she loves birds. But in the dream, the box is there. In the next dream, she's a mermaid girl, little mermaid. <laughs> the box has, I think the box has a fish fin or something on it. It's mm -hmm. in the with her. And then the third dream, she's, a, uh, she's an astronaut sitting on top of a rocket out in space. And the box is towed to the back of the, 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 the rocket. Right. And all of a sudden, she's falling in space, and she wakes up. It's oh, okay. Next, it's the next morning. She realizes, wait a minute, hey, the box was in all three of my dreams. She remembers it's on the kitchen table. She goes in there, and now the box is gift-wrapped. And her name is tied to it. She remembers it's her birthday. And I leave the story at what's in the box. You still don't know what's in the box. But for all the little kids, their job is to draw what they think is in the box for this little girl. You know, one thing that I, that I enjoyed about your post and what you present and what you, what you put out as content is that you're hyper-local. You're Indianapolis. You're an indie guy. I know this is an audio show, so I can't, you know, no one can see it, but you are wearing a Naptown Breakdown sweater. That's something I know that you're very proud of. Being the hyper, being the hyper local guy that you are, uh, being the indie guy that you are. Um, could you tell me about the the Naptown breakdown that 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 dance? I know yeah. you performed that song during the Indianapolis Marathon and a whole bunch of other events that you that right. that you've been a part of. Okay. Um, how did that all come about? Okay, I was at work, bored out of my mind, <laughs> and I was hungry and I was sleepy. Mm -hmm. that, that's where creativity comes from. That's where crazy comes from. Mm -hmm. Right. So, I mean, I, I've already been a wedding DJ for like nine years mm -hmm. and I know every dance they want to do already. I was like, I wish I had my own dance. I should have my own dance. I was just talking out loud. Nothing major. Mm -hmm. I was talking, you know, and uh, then I was, you know, it, it, it crossed my mind, you know, how would I even make my own dance? What we, there's only certain ways you can go left or right, front, back, up and down. Mm -hmm. Okay. If, if you want people to do it with you, everybody else does that crazy Chris Brown stuff. Yeah, mm. I'm not flexible anymore. Them days, them, my my Navy days are done. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Navy doing the split days are done, man. <laughs> the Naptown breakdown. The Naptown so. breakdown. So I, before I even have a, a name for it, I was uh, I think I was on a patrol doing a football. I'm a guard um, for federal for federal buildings, mm -hmm. and I'm doing a patrol, and I'm just humming to myself. Okay, Naptown break. I just said like Naptown break. I was like, that cut. Okay, that's kind of catchy. Nap Naptown. Naptown. Nap Naptown is the 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 nickname for Indianapolis. That is correct. Okay, that, that's that's one of the nicknames. One of okay. Circle mm -hmm. City, Nap, Indy. Got a lot of nicknames, but Naptown is one of the nicknames for for uh, Indianapolis. I'm doing this patrol, and I'm like melodies i had melodies in my head but i didn't know what to write and I see you know, like when i write my songs i'm on track eight by the way right now i'm almost mm -hmm. done with a full cd i'm looking forward to that before i type it out i grab a pen and paper i got this one method that i use i write the alphabet straight down and then i match words there okay for instance the word ball ball call fall hall you like that okay mm -hmm. or something close to that if i'm gonna fit it in that that sentence that stanza or whatever so 
Um, anyway, the Naptown Breakdown came together slowly but surely. And I didn't have any music for it, but I had a melody. Okay? It was just rhyming. And so mm-hmm. then I realized, also, as I was coming up with it, that was the dance part. The lyric part, I said, wait a minute. Let's put in the city. Let's put the city in it. So I was naming places that rhymed, and then I would have I would name a place, and then I would talk about that particular place. Then the next spot, and this is all over the city. Nothing, nothing chronological or nothing alphabetical. Just there's a spot over here. There's a place over here. Some places downtown. There's Broad Ripple. There's uh, the zoo. There's this. There's this. There's that. But all of this is part of what makes indie. And the coolest line that I ever put in a song. Out of all the songs I've ever written, is we got a lot going on any day of the week from County Line Road to 96th Street. All of that is Indianapolis. From County Line Road to 96th Street is Indianapolis. Okay. All of it in in mm-hmm. that one line. It all flowed back to doing the dance part. So you end up doing seven, you're doing the dance seven times, seven rounds, basically. Okay. And when I when I did it, you know, I've only done it. At, at the time when I made up the dance, I did it once. Mm-hmm. When I did the whole song, I was winded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, Ooh, okay, okay, this is a little workout here. But I was very happy with it because I knew it was time for something new. Mm-hmm. Just like how the wobble was new. Mm-hmm. Just like how the cha-cha slide, the cupid shuffle, the biker shuffle, all these shuffles were new at some point. So what I did this year for my weddings is if you and the bridal party learn the dance, do the dance, send me two videos, y'all practicing, and we do it at the wedding. I'd knock off $500 from my 1500 bucks. I believe that's a good deal. Mm-hmm. You know, I get people doing it because the more people seeing my dance at weddings, the more people are going to do the dance at weddings. But I believe this city needs something for itself. We got the Colts. Actually, this is one of the lines in the, in, the, in the song. We got the Colts, the Pacers, the Fever, the Racers, Museum for the Kids, over 20 skyscrapers. Okay, so, yeah, we, we, we rely on the Colts and our sports teams to make us feel good. But here's the problem with Indy. One of, one of the problems I found in Indy. It's called a circle city with four sides. Circles don't have sides. <laughs> we got the east side, the west side, the north side, the south side. I want people from each side to come together, probably right in the middle of the city, the circle, and let's record this video, these video clips. That's what I'm looking for. Because okay. this is going to be something specifically for all of Indy. Okay. Okay, that's what it's for. It's for Indy to come together, get a little workout in. In the, in the song, there are, there are places that have been, that I named that I know people know of or been to, may even work there, or they've seen. There's very familiar stuff in the song. And uh, hopefully hopefully this year I will get the Naptown Breakdown official video going. And here's the best part. I believe that video will give me even more credibility on other things that I'm doing. Here I am hitting you with a music video, a CD that's almost done. It's the same guy. Wait, who is, who is this guy? He's also a children's book author and a DJ. This guy's fun, you know, and I, I got the track record and the video proof to prove it, you know, because I believe credibility goes a long way when you're trying to become influential, you know, and it's not like I'm trying to just have a big head and wear a crown. No, 
No, no, no. Because at the end of the day, all I want to do is go home, cuddle up to my wife and go to sleep. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to rule over the world. Um, I do want to be known as the king of karaoke at some point, though. If, 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 if you can get a whole bunch of people to listen to what you're saying and to do what you're saying, that's power to be influential. Okay. You don't necessarily have to have a whole lot of money to be influential, but if you can basically command the, the masses, okay. And that's a, that's, you got to be careful there because you don't ever want to come off as you're trying to run the show, but if they love you, if you can get them to love you, you have power. And, um, I believe with that more will come. People are attracted to power. Power is attracted to power. You know, hey, let's do a collaboration because this is going to make me look good because I'm hanging out with you. A lot, a lot of artists do that. Rihanna and Madonna. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Somebody go watch that. <laughs> OK, most just, definitely. Just because they names round, but even more importantly, because of who they are, you know. So, um, yeah, to, to, if you can uh, command, command. Well, who is it? Eric, uh, Rakim. Move the crowd. OK, if you can move the crowd, you got something. All right, man. That <laughs> that is some powerful words of wisdom from Frank Smith the Third. Thank you. Hey, uh, before we wrap things up yeah. and all, uh, how can one get a hold of the No Warrior, Frank Smith Third? Oh, just oh well, there's several ways. My phone number. I give out my number. I do mm -hmm. give out my number. It's three one seven two five zero four nine nine three. Best time to contact me is after 6 p.m., Monday through Friday. Okay. My email, best email for business purposes is fs, the number three, sings, S-I-N-G-S, at yahoo.com. And I'm always on social media with uh, Twitter and Instagram is fs3, the number three, knows. That stands for fs3, karaoke ninja outlaw warrior sings. But fs3 knows as one word. Um, that's Twitter and Instagram and the number three, the number three, right? Okay. The number three. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you should see my logo too. It's a ninja microphone holding a ninja sword microphone. Yet I have some friends who swear it's a turtle. I'm like, y'all are so sad. <laughs> if you see a turtle, show me the shell. <laughs> yeah, they see the ninja mask, so they that's how that's the power of being influential. The turtles have been around for what 30, 40 years almost. Mm -hmm. And whenever see somebody sees a ninja, they think turtle. That's the power of of, of, of being influential. <laughs> well, Frank, <laughs> this has been a great conversation. We've talked about plenty of stuff and your business, the life of being a karaoke. Legend slash DJ. <laughs> I know you collect a, a, a whole bunch of songs. Uh, we, we can talk about that when uh, I like to have you back on. So we okay. can talk about just records. We can we can have a whole podcast about that. I got 1500 of them. So sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, everybody, uh, thank you for listening to this episode, the ninth episode of Friends and Experts. To support the Friends and Experts podcast, please visit anchor.fm slash friends and experts, and please click on the support this podcast button. Frank Smith III, thank you for being on. I really appreciate your time. 
Dude, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you very much for having me on your show. Thanks for being a friend all these many years. The stuff we went through in the Navy, good and bad, you know, we we got we got that at least. You know, so that means a lot to me because I don't have it's not that I don't want friends, but I don't have a whole lot of friends. I don't have the time. I'm too busy making stuff happen. Okay. Hey, that's like all right, I, man. That's the that's the that's the pain either. You know, that's the price of being an entrepreneur, man. You, you're right. making your dreams come true. So that's yeah. all right, man. The, it, you know, your success is your friendship. So yeah. just, just remember yeah. that. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you for listening and have a great day.